welcome back to the Evidence-Based Rheumatology Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Putman, and this is episode 41, and also the second installment of Room for Debate. For those who are just tuning in, this is an Oxford-style debate podcast. Two debaters and a moderator will square off to decide controversial issues in the field of rheumatology. Today we'll be discussing a provocative issue in the lupus arena. In a 2008 survey, 133 out of 264 rheumatologists reported providing Bactrim prophylaxis to patients with lupus who were receiving cytoxin. That's 50% or near-perfect equipoise. This may reflect the lack of guideline recommendations. The 2012 ACR guidelines for the management of SLE nephritis mention PJP prophylaxis once and give no recommendation for or against its use. The 2019 ULAR guidelines for the management of SLE do not even mention it. Perfect equipoise and the lack of recommended treatments provide fertile ground for a debate, so let's have it. Our motion is, Bactrim prophylaxis should be prescribed to all patients with SLE who are receiving cyclophosphamide and over 20 milligrams of prednisone daily. Arguing for the motion will be Dr. Pankti Reed. She's a rheumatologist at the University of Chicago who focuses on immune-related adverse events and pharmacogenomics. Arguing against the motion will be Dr. Nisha Dua. She's a rheumatologist at Northwestern and the director of the fellowship program there. Thank you to both for coming on the show. Thank you also to all the folks on Twitter who are kind enough to fill out our survey. The results are in, and out of almost 100 votes, 61% supported the motion, 24% opposed the motion, and 15% were undecided. As usual, we'll start with opening statements from each side. Dr. Reed, would you like to begin? Sure. So I'm in support of using Bactrim for PJP prophylaxis in patients with lupus on cyclophosphamide and high-dose steroids. Here are my main reasons why. As far as prevalence of significant infections go, PJP is significantly prevalent in lupus with concurrent use of high-dose steroids and cyclophosphamide. Let's take a step back and first take a look at high-dose steroids alone. A retrospective 2015 review in Journal of Clinical Rheumatology noted occurrence of PJP and those that were on steroids had a relative risk of 19 compared to those who weren't on steroids. Now let's add in cyclophosphamide. A 2008 review looked at 18 manuscripts and identified about 5,000 patients who had received cyclophosphamide for lupus, and of these, 32 had reported PJP infection. From the author's analysis, they concluded that the frequency of PJP is low. I give them that. When looked in isolation at the numbers, the value seems low, 32 out of 5,000, but then they alluded to factors that increase the PJP prevalence. These included lymphopenia, steroid use, low complements, and renal disease which is interesting because are those not the same factors that are associated with active lupus, lupus nephritis, and a subsequent consideration of high-dose steroids and cyclophosphamide? So when asked if cyclophosphamide and high-dose steroids use in lupus patients warrant a PJP prophylaxis, I would say yes, because it is likely that most of these are the same cases that are going to have all of these additional risk factors, namely lymphopenia, low complements, renal disease, associated with higher chances of PJP infection. Next, in addition to the high prevalence of PJP infection in lupus patients with cyclophosphamide and high-dose steroids, PJP in itself is a terrible infection. First, a 2007 review in clinical rheumatology identified PJP as an independent contributor to significant mortality in patients, not only with GPA and inflammatory myopathies, but also lupus. Another retrospective review in 2015 noted a 50% mortality associated with PJP. All these patients were on steroids equal to or greater than 30 milligrams per day. You may say that Bactrim carries significant side effects, but a study looked at the same question and found that the number needed to treat with Bactrim for preventing one PJP infection was lower than the number needed to harm for serious adverse reactions due to Bactrim, 52 for number needed to treat compared to more than double, 132 for number needed to harm with Bactrim. 
This is all to say that PJP is a serious infection that carries such a significant mortality burden, and we are putting our young lupus patients, most of whom have the risk factors, renal disease, low complements, lymphopenia, for developing PJP infection on two strong immunosuppressants that then make them further vulnerable to getting these disinfection. We put our patients on PPIs to help them with GERD and calcium and vitamin D supplements to help against osteoporosis development. But why are we hesitating to put them on a medication that could be life-saving? Thanks, Dr. Reed, for uh, your excellent opening statements. Arguing against the motion will be Dr. Dua. Dr. Dua, would you like to begin? Sure. That was a great argument. I obviously have to disagree. Um, So whether or not to use any medication intervention always comes back to weighing the risks and benefits. Everything we do has a trade-off, and in this case, using Bactrim prophylaxis in a lupus patient on cytoxan and prednisone is not worth that trade-off. The reasons for not using Bactrim prophylaxis in lupus are many, but really boil down to a few major points. So first off, we have to look at the number of patients with lupus who are at risk of developing PJP. When you're deciding to start a prophylactic agent, you've got to assess does this agent really prevent the disease you're worried about? In that case, the answer is yes. Bactrim can prevent PJP pneumonia. But more importantly, is the person I'm giving it to truly at risk of this disease? And this is where we start to run into a few problems. In some diseases, including transplant patients, cancer, GPA, HIV, there's strong evidence that these patients are at high risk of developing PJP, and those patients should be on prophylaxis. That's just not the case for lupus. Multiple studies have evaluated the incidence of confirmed PJP in lupus, and in many of those larger cohorts, the incidence was 0.34% or 0.45% in a group of hospitalized lupus patients, 15 per 10,000 patients in a large meta-analysis. So while we know that PJP has a high mortality and that cytoxan and prednisone both suppress your immune system, the true risk of getting PJP in a lupus patient is so low that it would basically just be another medication to add to a growing medication list that won't impact their outcome in a positive way. And that brings me to my second point. As doctors, we all do that Hippocratic oath and we say that we will do no harm. The second concern I have about Bactrim prophylaxis in lupus patients is the fact that Bactrim can cause significant and severe side effects specifically in this population. Lupus patients basically have two and a half times higher risk of having a sulfa allergy than the general population. A study of more than 200 lupus patients showed a sulfa allergy in about 30%. Another study of more than 400 lupus patients had 27% with a self-allergy, so basically a third of our lupus patients have a self-allergy. This is significantly higher when compared to healthy controls, relatives, or other populations with like rheumatoid arthritis or psoriatic arthritis. While some can try and argue that the most common adverse reaction uh, to lupus is a skin rash and it's just really not that big a deal, I have to point out that first of all, this is not the only adverse drug reaction that lupus patients have on Bactrim. Others include aseptic meningitis, hepatic necrosis, agranulocytosis, aplastic anemia, and the list goes on. And secondly, the skin rash can be extremely severe with the Stevens-Johnson's or TENS-like picture, which can in itself be life-threatening. Adverse reactions to Bactrim are more prevalent in those with lymphopenia, as my colleague here mentioned, which is a common finding in our lupus patients, and those with renal disease. Again, also a large subset of lupus patients we would be treating with cytoxin and prednisone. So all of these points are reason enough without mentioning the significant drug interactions that Bactrim can have, with a lot of the drugs our patients are on, antihypertensive, diabetic meds, warfarin to name a few, and the significant pill burden we're placing on this sick and vulnerable population. If I'm gonna try to convince a young lupus patient to take a medicine that will save their life, I'm gonna focus on the prednisone and the cytoxin, not the Bactrim. Given the overwhelmingly low incidence of PJP in our lupus patients, combined with the high risk of adverse events due to Bactrim, specifically in lupus patients, I think it's clear that using Bactrim prophylaxis is not warranted and is actually harmful.
All right, thank you, Dr. Doham. Next, we'll move on to the question and answer portion of the debate. So I'd like to start by asking Dr. Reed. Um, Dr. Dua pointed out that uh, adverse events are an important consideration for patients with lupus. Um, so what are your thoughts on the adverse events side of this question? That's fair. I don't disagree with concerning adverse events with Bactrim, but the patients treated with prophylactic doses of Bactrim tend to have milder reversible side effects. And yes, there are definitely the rare patients that develop severe side effects, like you mentioned, aseptic meningitis or aplastic anemia, etc. But nowadays, we have PK and PD information to effectively dose reduce for renal disease. And beyond this, for patients who don't have renal disease, I wonder if we're using higher than necessary Bactrim doses. A 2017 multi-center randomized control trial looked at single-strength dosing compared to half-strength dosing and an escalation dose and noted equal efficacy, essentially no cases of PJP in either population at 24 weeks, and lower discontinuation rates due to adverse events in those with half-strength dosing. And fortunately, we don't have to continue Bactrim forever. I agree that the incidence of PJP that you mentioned when looking at lupus alone is low. So when the risk factors of high-dose steroids and cyclophosphamide are out of the picture, I'm wholeheartedly in favor of stopping Bactrim. All right. Well, so yeah, I, to- I understand that you know, maybe we could dose reduce and that not all of the <laughs> side effects or adverse events from Bactrim and lupus patients are, are life-threatening. And, and that's true. But even with that being said, um, there have definitely even been studies that have shown that lupus can actually flare when we are putting patients on Bactrim. There was one study where there was worsening lupus in 21% of the patients who are given Bactrim. So beyond allergies, which I still think are a very big deal, this rate of possible flare makes it super confusing. Someone with aseptic meningitis, is it because you gave them Bactrim or is it because they have meningitis from their lupus? And so I think differentiating that becomes an issue and it's just something that is another reason not to use Bactrim. Fair enough. Good thoughts from both people. Uh, so, Dr. Du, I wanted to pose one question to you. Um, you're arguing against Bactrim, but um, is there possibly a middle ground? If you're not going to prescribe Bactrim, are there alternatives that you would consider? There are alternatives. You know, some of the alternative options would be Dapsone, Atopoquone, Pentamidine. These are much more expensive and have less efficacy than Bactrim in preventing PJP in, in immunocompromised patients. And frankly, with the incidence being as low as it is, I still think there's no reason to use any of those. Um, so yeah, there are alternatives, but would I use them now? All right. Thank you both for your thoughts. Uh, I'd like to finish up by just asking each of you what you would recommend to the listeners out there. And we'll, uh, we'll start with Dr. Reed. Fair enough. I think yes. When we're looking at our young lupus patients who are already at high risk of getting PJP infection, given their lymphopenia, low complements, et cetera, and we're making more vulnerable to this infection with high-dose steroids and cyclophosphamide, I do think we should do Bactrim prophylaxis. And to help avoid some of the concerning side, side effects that you mentioned, I say let's do Bactrim for those with the aforementioned risk factors, but dose reduce. Why not do half the dose of Bactrim and save some lives? All right. Thanks, Dr. Reed. Dr. Du, would you like to give any closing thoughts? Yeah, I say don't use Bactrim, even half the <laughs> dose. Um, I think that you know, we've mentioned that Bactrim has very severe side effects. PGP, prophyla- PGP incidence in lupus patients is super low. If we prophylax against anything that has an incidence of less than half a percent, we'll be chasing patients down a rabbit hole of taking a medication to cure, to help cure their disease that might have a side effect and giving them another medication to prevent that side effect. And it'll just be endless. I would say don't use Bactrim prophylaxis in lupus patients. There's too high of a risk. All right. I think that concludes uh, the second episode of Room for Debate. Thank you again to both of you for coming on the show. For all those listening, thanks for tuning in. Thank you to everyone who filled out the Twitter poll. It's really helpful to have a baseline before we begin. 
Now the job is to go on and fill out the post-debate poll so we can see who changed the most hearts and minds. Uh, you can find the poll on Twitter. It's at EBRoom or at Anisha underscore Dua or at Pankti Reed. I think that's it for this week. Thanks again for tuning in and have a great week. 